Hi, peeps. Help Me Be Me is underfunded and needs your help. If you enjoy listening to this or it helps you at all, please visit helpmebeme.com and click donate or visit me on Patreon. Thanks. Hi, friends. It's Sarah May. So today's episode I'm calling Self-Induced Purgatory, and it's about when we do things we promised that we wouldn't do again. And it's for a couple different people. You know who you are. Um, So it's really about when we promise ourselves that we're not going to do the thing that we really didn't like. Maybe it's the thing our parents did or the thing we already did that burned us and we just end up right back in the exact same relationship. Or maybe we promise ourselves that this is the last time that I am going to lower myself to this level. I know what I want for myself and this is not it. This feels terrible. But it's like being a wind-up toy in that suddenly you find yourself resetting the same loop once again, feeling powerless to stop it. So you might say things to yourself like, I have no idea how I ended up in this situation or how could I possibly possibly made excuses for this person and ignored the signs? Or even, why am I still taking this crap? Why do I allow myself to take this person back or this situation back in my life again and again? I am miserable. I hate this. I know I'm miserable. So why am I doing this? Maybe I'm just stupid. Maybe I'm just weak. Well, maybe it's something else. So. I want to hopefully give you a little bit of insight into this in yourself um, so that you can get out of this loop. Because I know it's, of all things, one of the most belittling, humiliating, disempowering ones because you teach yourself that you're stuck. You teach yourself you're not better than this thing. And that's because it's a mystery. You, You see, like, that is the most logical source or reason behind it. pardon so in the in-between let's say this is related to your partner in the in-between moments you might struggle to get out of this like you might struggle for insight and fight yourself and believe you are worthless or weak or that it's your fault because otherwise you would be able to stop it right So you might wonder why your actions seem to be taken over every time you're in any kind of range of distance to this person. So you keep keep asking yourself these questions, like, why am I the one that is excusing this thing? Why am I always on the receiving end of the short end of the stick? Maybe it's some sort of loop of behavior and you can't even see how it starts. Like, maybe you think... I'm dodging it this time, moving away from that old pattern, and then just like shocker, end up in exactly the same type of relationship all over again. Even though you were like, never again, I'm going to notice all the signs. Somehow, you were completely blind to the things, and they happened all over again. So if anything anything that I've just said sounds like you, this is an episode for you. Um, So I hope you like this. And there are three parts the what, the why, and the how, the tools. 
So before I get into the guts of this one, I just wanted to say that this episode is a super serious topic. And um, depending on the gravity of your if of your situation, I just want to restate this. I say this all the time, but please go to therapy if you are suffering because it won't take that long. And I think it can be really helpful just to have somebody outside of you kind of hold your hand, especially if you're like wading through quicksand. So at the very least, um, an outside friend can be amazing. And if you're in an emergency situation or somewhere someone is hurting you, call 911. Um, that is just a place to start. No brainer. Call 911 or your local emergency services. Whatever you do, don't isolate and don't put this on yourself. Reach out to help and just keep reaching out because eventually you'll find the right help. All right, here we go. Part one, the what. Powerful behavioral loops that don't make sense to you, but you innately know that you are going to abide them. So in other words, those moments when you watch yourself and you can see from outside of yourself a habit or a pattern that you rationally understand is not a good thing, it's not what you want, it's not healthy, but you feel completely powerless to stop it or confused by it. So maybe it's a relationship, so it's a pattern you have in a relationship. So it's like a person that has already demonstrated they're not trustworthy and they're a terrible, uh, unloving, cruel kind of person, but you ignore it, not because you don't see it, but because you cannot uh, muster the strength and the power to get out of it. It's almost like watching your own powerlessness. Um, and then also, maybe you are just chemically attached to them. Maybe you love them. Maybe that always out, outweighs the bad, even though the bad is like extremely bad. Maybe it's actually a pattern of um, the, the invisible kind of pattern. So you have kind of like a preset expectation of what you're going to get with a certain type of person, but then it results in the same sorts of dynamics that you don't want. So despite your wisest self, you get stuck in these places and you either feel like you have nothing uh, you can pull out of yourself to get out of it, or you feel... Um, Stupid and weak for not having noticed how you got there. So that's the what. Part two, the why. So there are, are a couple of common reasons and that I've been fo I, I focus on, and you're probably a blend of a couple of them, if this sounds like you. I think I have nine. Number one is your family role. Um, so by this I mean... You are a caregiver in your family, and this also probably means you're a codependent. So this means you can only see when somebody is in love with you, or you are mapped kind of to this other person via your family tree. So like something in your family history matches with people that are like this, that are damaging to you. Um, so it's like an unseen force. It's almost like um, this like kind of super unconscious subterranean level of uh, kind of like you imprint with somebody else. And it's so chemical and 
foundational that you it's almost like you have this it's like an invisible pair of shoes and they just fit right and it feels familiar like it'll feel so perfect because it's familiar like you're meeting somebody just like you who who knows exactly how you relate to them and in, and they in turn can also see you um as familiar so it's like this very um very deep ingrained imprint system first one number two loneliness hurts too much so for many of us being alone can be more painful and terror inducing than being in a shitty terrible relationship and it can be like a dark room that you never want to be in by yourself and that has to do with for the most part um some really old trauma and has to do with loss and something from very early on in your life. So being in a relationship will feel better by default because you're not suffering the intense pain of the loneliness. Number three is learned helplessness. So this is key for anybody dating or stuck in a bad relationship um, or, or who gets stuck in, bad, in like one bad relationship repeatedly. And that's very uh, powerful. It's just something that happens when you see yourself uh, unable to help yourself repeatedly. You basically teach yourself via examples that you are, you can't even try. It's never going to happen. It's, I know this is a terrible story, but there's like a, a story about elephants that didn't flee a circus fire because they were just used to not being able to break their chains like they're used to being they teach them by like tying them to rocks and then they don't believe that they're they can get out of their ropes anymore that's terrible it's sad but i mean that it there's so many terrible studies to do with animals that i won't tell you about but literally learned helplessness is a thousand times harder to untrain yourself from uh than just teaching yourself how to you know, kickbox. Like, it, you, you can learn anything from the positive state so much more easily, even impossible things, than if you have been taught, I am helpless. It's just something in you that, um, that just loses hope. And that doesn't mean that it's true. It just means that something in you is now um, just reenacting what you believe you have learned as a truth. And the more you can, the more you accept this thing, the more you accept this as your state, the more you reaffirm it to yourself because it also degrades your confidence. And the longer you stay in something that's hurtful to you, the more you internalize that is what you deserve. So you're actually like teaching yourself through not helping yourself. I'm, I don't deserve to be helped. It's like a double whammy. So if you watch yourself unable to leave a situation that degrades you, you or feeling powerless, to change a situation that hurts you, you literally learn to be increasingly more helpless. So it's the reason that you get into a shitty relationship in the first place or the reason that you enact a habit that hurts you and is not serving you in the first place is not because you are stupid or weak. It is because of something completely unrelated. In the case of relationships, it's because... Uh, the person that put you in that relationship is expert at doing so. 
people that are able to manipulate others into caring for them and staying with them are masters of control, and they do it very systematically. It has nothing to do with whether or not you're weak. Same goes for repeated loops of behavior that make no sense to you. It doesn't come from nowhere. I mean, it's something in uh, your history that is creating it, and you owe it to yourself to find out. There, if you don't make sense to you, there is a very logical reason why. It's something you'll have to seek out for yourself. I re recommend with a therapist. Um, at the very least, start with some self-help books. I would look in your early life experiences, specifically dramas. Number four, love. And this is specific to relationships that are dysfunctional, that you keep choosing shitty relationships. So the most confusing part of all the reasons that you actually get into uh, or stay in a bad relationship is you're attracted to this person. There's something that you like about them. And usually when you stay in a shitty relationship, that's because there's something to love about them. It doesn't mean that there's no good in who they are, but love doesn't um, account for the negatives. It's just like the actual love itself for you is way more of a powerful motivator than the negatives. And that has to do with usually somebody that's really good at putting their needs second. That's why I say caregivers. Caregivers are naturally just putting themselves second to everybody else. So if you fall for somebody that's not good for you and is sucking the life out of you, it's probably because you don't feel the ouch as much as other people. And you really do find things that you love about them. And usually people that are very charismatic and manipulative, like, woo you hardcore. Like, they start in a way that makes you completely feel, like, so special and so valued. So you could probably tell that this person is destroying you or that it's an unhealthy relationship or an unhealthy pattern. But maybe you're confused and very conflicted because it's really hurtful and scary to think of letting go of them. Or maybe you just know yourself well enough to know... I can't extinguish my attachment to somebody when I feel like this really strong attachment to somebody because it's so powerful. Like that addiction is so powerful. Um, and that's accurate. I mean, it's like an, it is like an addiction in that you're coming from a place of need. It's like you're using this person as a drug in a way that's like soothing to you. And all of this, it's again, related to something else. Um, the tools I will get into what you can do about that. So I'm not going to get off topic. Um, but my point in calling out love is don't hate on yourself for having true feelings uh, of love for another person. There's nothing wrong with that. There is something wrong with the person you happen to choose in that they are incapable of loving you back in a healthy way. But that is something that you're going to have to learn to identify from scratch, because if you haven't uh, grown up with it, just embedded into you, you'll have to like take it on by practicing what other people practice that did. So it's totally like a self-hack and it's totally possible for you. And I will have some specific tools for you so you can actually grow into that missing part. Um, I will say, regardless of what your particular why is, 
Shame is one of the most powerful disablers in this kind of dynamic. Just shame over what we've done and what that tells us about who we are. And I want, just for the sake of moving forward, stop focusing on any blame at all. Just take that off the table altogether. Because this happens to everyone that has lived your exact life experience. Everybody that has lived your, all of the factors that have gone into who you are has this same struggle. So it has nothing to do with you being stupid or shitty. It has everything to do with some invisible mechanisms that have trapped you in a loop. So just stop the self-shaming or feeling bad about what is and instead think about everything in your life to this point as a series of very small decisions, very small individual uh, occurrences, experiences, and decisions. And they all happen to lead up to this point today, right now. And they're not good or bad, they just are. And it's just where you happen, happen to be today and how you choose to move forward is up to you. So just like you, uh, you can see everything in a room just with like the tiniest prick of light, the more understanding and insight you lean into, the more you're going to be able to figure out a way out of the loop. So just stop focusing on the shame and the, like, instead of looking down at your hands and thinking like, what have I done? Just you've got to get out of that state so that you can take action. That is when you are able to be active and take steps that are necessary. Number five, back to my list, low self-worth. So this one is tricky because you might not see that you have low self-worth, but it's something operating you below the surface. So we choose people who are not capable of loving us back or treating us well, um, partly because we have grown used to accepting less than and believing that's what we're supposed to expect is not what we want. Like our needs are, are less important. So this is in turn what creates the belief that we don't deserve more. It's like a reflexive. So this is usually from childhood and our role in childhood or uh, some sort of abuse. So when we stay with people who are not capable of a healthy relationship, we are not practicing self-love, which I know is deceptive because we cannot tell how we are lacking self-protective mechanisms when it's just a part of how we've operated our entire lives. So there's a very strong likelihood that you are a very strong, compassionate, giving, selfless person because these traits in themselves lend themselves to f falling for unhealthy, selfish, abusive energy suckers because those types of people attach to people that they can sense are very compassionate and giving. It's because they were, are searching for a life force to feed off of. So just so you know it, people can see you a mile away um, whether or not you know that or not. And that's a reason that you have to be extra self-protective um, and kind of create barriers so that others cannot control you. If you are an extra compassionate person uh, and an extra giving person, the energy suckers will be very drawn to you by default. And that's not a healthy, self-loving thing to choose. If you are 
a person that is repeating um, negative behaviors, it's also usually tied to self-worth in that there is some part of you that has cut off from uh, really painful feelings inside of yourself. And that cutting off from self, like negating self, um, where you treat yourself as like a, an object or some entity that's separate from you, that is something that allows you the ability to do terrible things. And you'll feel like, how am I doing this thing? I'm just watching myself do these terrible things. I don't understand. Like, here I go again. I'm putting myself in this terrible situation and I'm putting myself through all these terrible things. How did I, why am I setting myself up again? That just way of thinking of yourself as a separate thing, like, it's instead of being like, this is me, this is my body, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. Instead of that, it's like the watching part, the thinking of yourself as like a third person entity that you don't have control over. That specifically comes from uh, some stage in your life um, abandoning yourself. Like l usually it's from when you are in so much pain and fear that you have to. Like it's a way of dealing with all of those, the intensity of, of those feelings. So again, therapy, going to throw that out there. I think it's a great idea. Or if you want, um, I recommend the book Trauma and Recovery. It's a fucking amazing book. Changed my life. Okay, I'm back on my list now. Number six, family history. So this, I mean, like in terms of inheritance, in what we inherit from our past generations of our family. This one might sound unrealistic to you, but it's true. We inherit our patterns, including our, like, inclinations, our fears, like, um, intense emotional traumas are, like, literally marked into our bodies, uh, like, imprinted into our timeline as a person. So you might not even know your family tree or your family's history, but we repeat these, we repeat family legacies, including, you know, of family, family legacies of emotions. So you could be reenacting it. You're someone in your, you know, either your grandparents or your parents, someone in your timeline down to like the same age and milestone uh, that one of your parents did. Or you might also be living out something based on kind of an imbalance that was created by a relationship you had with your parent. So like, let's say... Um, God, it's, it's, this one's really in-depth, but I'm going to try and think of, like, a, a really simple example. So let's say your um, parents were—their their parents were really, really strict. And so your parents were like, we don't believe in rules, no structure. Um, and then you felt, like, overwhelmed and, like, no one was there to take care of you. You might be clinging to people that, or or other things that resemble a caregiver or structure. Like there are like weird echoes, like patterns of echoes that are created by just dynamics in our family history and how they affect our care caregivers and how they those caregivers affect us. So it's like the experiences. It's also the effects of the effects, and they go on forever and ever. Um, just like there's culturally inherited trauma, like within certain um, cultures that have experienced, you know, displacement, like that is something that exists. It echoes on for generations just in the, the psyches 
of the ancestors. Uh, if you want to know more about it, Google intimate partners or Google the term family genogram. So in shorter form, it's basically we repeat these family patterns and sometimes they'll skip a generation or sometimes they'll inverse. So like if um, it might not be your parents, it might be like something in your grandparents. But often these things happen in like a literally like in a clockwork like like it's almost magical timing. Like it'll be so accurate to a past generation that you'll be like, what? So if you're struggling or this sounds like it might be a possibility for you, therapy. Okay, number seven. You have a big heart-shaped puzzle piece that fits into a void-shaped puzzle piece. So by that I mean you're, you have a big giant heart and people with a big giant heart are attracted to those who need love. And that comes from just a great quality about yourself. Um, but it, it's, it doesn't help you be loving to other people if you don't have the appropriate uh, boundaries. So if you had to be, I'm guessing you're also a caregiver in your family, but if you have always been kind of the supporter for everybody around you, and you've always been the giver, and that is like your identity, that is a great thing, but you have to take care of yourself and uh, learn some very simple practices that will protect you from people that will, like, bleed you dry. Because that is an actual, there are people like that that will take infinitely and never change. And that's not loving to you. Number eight, fear of intimacy. So I want you to stay, whoever you are, I want you to stay open to considering this one for yourself. And it might not sound like you initially, but this is something you might be able to just question it as I'm talking about it. So if you choose people, either consciously or unconsciously, who are selfish and or require fixing, it's likely in part due to the fact that you don't like to be the focus. So it's also based on the underlying habit of not wanting to be the focus, not wanting to be seen and not wanting somebody uh, looking at you and close to you and available. When we choose people that are um, far away from us or that are not interested in us by default, there's some part of us that does not want to be vulnerable, like doesn't want to be um, focused on and nourished. And that signals that there's something that you don't want to look at in you. You don't, when people don't want to be seen and they don't want to be focused on, it's because we don't feel really good about looking into ourselves. We don't feel good being the center of attention or getting, um, you know, showered with all the things we want. It's like, we don't look there. I'll look over. I'll, like when somebody's far away, it's safe. It's easy to fall in love with them. It also could be that you've been hurt really bad and that scar is still making you uh, not want to get close to somebody. So in general, if you are far away from somebody because they're, you know, they're very like into themselves or their own thing, it's like really easy to get close to them because they're never coming right up to you. 
And that's just, in other words, fear of intimacy. So it means that when you are close to somebody and they're like fully ready, present, right in front of you, like, let's be in love, let's be close together, that feels very uncomfortable for a certain reason. And if it's not your, um, it's not trauma, then it, it's possibly because there's something inside that you don't like about yourself, that you're not proud of, that needs some attention. And that might sound like, well, no, that's just who I am. I don't like being intimate. But that's, that's something you can train yourself out of. And in my opinion, you should, because I think all relationships need a balance in giving. It can't all be one-sided because eventually what happens is you get fed up. <laughs> you keep giving and giving and you think one day they're going to give back. But eventually you're like, well, fuck this. All I do is give and this person keeps being selfish. And it's like, yeah, well, you chose a person that's selfish. So it's important to learn how to receive. And um, it also, in the process of doing that, makes the other person feel really valued. It makes them feel important. It makes them feel like they have something that they can give to this relationship. If you're doing everything for them and you're constantly the fixer and the caregiver, the other person feels useless and worthless and infantilized in many ways. It's not something you want a person to feel. And it's also what maintains kind of like a negative cycle of like you constantly um, getting your expectations smashed into a million pieces by somebody that's not able to reciprocate what you give them. So regardless of how you arrived in this relationship, if it is a relationship, or um, in this pattern, there's one really important factor that I want to call out. It can change starting today. And even if you tried a <clears throat> hundred times, that's a hundred times, let's, even if you tried many times and you failed and you know yourself really well and you always succumb, it doesn't mean it won't change next time. So my point is don't give up because I think there, there's some statistic about, especially with relationships, negative relationship habits, takes, if people are in abusive relationships, it takes, I think, seven or eight times of leaving the relationship before it sticks. So each time you're in that window of insight in between whatever loop you're suffering from, start to learn more. Grab whatever resources you can, lean into any help you can get, vocalize the help you need, pull in as many sources, outside sources as you possibly can, and keep using them, just any opportunity you get. Because if it's not this time, it could be the next time or the time after that. You are not damned to be this way. Loops only last as long as they deceive us. Kid you not. There will be one, it could be one experience, it could be one phrase just said in a slightly different way. Something can break the spell in a second. And all it takes is one thing. It'll be something, you, you won't be able to expect it in many ways. It'll just, there'll be something that breaks the spell. And then it'll be like, run like fucking hell. Just don't look back. And just get as much distance as you possibly can. Um... 
But most of all, don't stay stuck in the hating on yourself part. Things that don't add up, it's for a reason. You owe it to yourself to get to the bottom of the factors that are at play. Make it into something conscious. When we enact loops that don't make sense to us, it's because something old and unconscious is fighting to be heard and seen and made sense of. So that's what's happening for you. And I will say, when it comes to bad relationships, usually the only reason we get stuck in them is because something in us holds on for just a little bit too long when it should be time to let go and choose better. That sounds kind of trivial or small, but that is a key piece of information because this is when there's that moment in time when you should have walked away and instead you leaned into it and got stuck. It's like it's a lot harder to get out of something when you've been in it for a while. It's a lot easier at the very beginning. But it's, it's when you're in the thick of it that you learn the helplessness and then you kind of get addicted to it and then you lose all your, your insights or your perspective on the situation. It's almost like when you're in a hostile situation, like let's say you, you're in a job where, you know, everyone is really complainy or or hostile all the time and, like, angry all the time, it starts to to infect your worldview. You start to act like that, too. The same goes for being in a relationship with a person who doesn't treat you well just a little bit too long. Start to take it on as, yep, this is my life. So with that, let's get to part three, the tools. So before I start individual tools, I just want to mention... I know I've gone through an array of situations, and I've called out some that are really different in severity. So um, if you're in a relationship with somebody who hurts you, there are lots of help services out there. And um, I will put a link to a good list of them in the blog version of this post. So it will live on yaywithme.com. I realize a lot of people probably don't know what my website is or they don't check on the SoundCloud app. So it's yaywithme.com. Okay, for anybody who is outside of the relationship, if they're in a shitty relationship and they can see now a little bit of insight, um, I love Al-Anon. I've talked about that quite a bit. Or another help group, whatever it is, they're hugely helpful because you will see yourself in another person just via hearing other people's stories. So you'll, like, gain new insight into yourself just by listening to other people talk about their own situation. So in the case of relationships, we usually fall in love with the idea of somebody else, and then they use methods to keep us, and eventually we get stuck in the loop with them. So one more broad stroke of help for everybody. Um, One of the most important things you can do for yourself is connect to as many strong individuals as possible and just inform them of your situation. Because if you can't help yourself, sometimes other people can help you help yourself. So be in contact with people, be transparent with people, um, and they can ground you in the moments when you do get stronger, even just for the brief window of time. Um, And go to therapy. Okay, here we go, some individual tools. So the first one is called Train In The Ouch 
And I think I've put this in other episodes before. But quite simply, focus on what you hate. If you're stuck in a bad situation, focus on the part that you loathe that hurts you and feel lean into anger specifically over how fucking sick of this thing you are. Like, not the shame down on yourself part, but the like, fuck this. This is so shitty. Get mad. And that's partly because shame is more of like uh, internal and depression. Depression like basically erodes your strength to do anything and like disables. Anger, on the other hand, when it's directed towards something that makes you unhappy, very much it gets it out of your body so it doesn't change into depression. And it also inspires more action. So I want you to lean into where you are hurt. Like the pissed off part of yourself that's like, I am so sick of this crap. Um, And specifically, if it's tied to another person, lean into the rage toward that other person. Like if a person's hurting you, focus on how dare they? How dare they do this to me? How dare they take advantage of me? How dare they not treat me well? This will, think of yourself like protecting yourself kind of in like this like armor that is your sense of self-love and really like focus on no one is allowed to do that to me no one is allowed to hurt me um just as like a general rule focus on the ouch because it'll lead to other things that's the first tool tool number two is called smashed up heart (laughs) uh so you want to hug it and then you want to kick it in the ass And that, I mean, in a, like, a loving, motivational kind of kick in the ass way. So usually when we get stuck in shitty situations, we remove our own power, either by blaming ourselves or getting fixated in the blaming another person and feeling a victim to them. So both of those actions remove you from the most important step, which is honest acceptance and positive action. So this hug... You have a, let's say you have a smashed up heart or your smashed up life. You got to hug that life by just looking it in the eye and being like, all right, this is where I am. This is the, these are the cold hard facts of my situation. And it is what it is. Everything I've done thus far has led me to this day, this moment right now. I accept it completely. I'm not going to judge it. Just is what it is. That's your hug. And then you got to kick it in the ass. And that means you've got to make concrete actions because change is necessary it's not about feeling bad about yourself it's about accepting yourself and now also taking actions those are required because a lot of the time we get overwhelmed by the feelings of blame or we just stay there we wallow there we feel shitty that we are this way we're stupid and that's the end of it and then we don't change and then we repeat the same thing again so you have to actually apply yourself um, in learning and then altering habits that are not serving you. It doesn't mean that the way you are is bad or wrong, but it means that something in your approach needs to change and improve in just the way you are going about things. And that is not because something is fundamentally wrong with who you are at all. It has nothing to do with that. You can accept all of yourself, 
and including all of the stuff that you find to be the problem. Like, let's say you feel like you're needy or you're, like, clingy and uh, or you are a pushover or maybe you like um, exotic, exciting people. I don't know. I'm trying to think of random disparate things. But whatever those things are, completely are valid and good and can exist. The actual change has to do with the way you are going about getting what you want, which is healthy, happy, positive life experience. So that's where change needs to come about. So life doesn't happen to you. It involves your participation. It's really easy to get stuck in um, feeling like we're a victim of other people or feeling like we are a shitty person. Both of those things don't move you towards what you want. So the point of this tool is to get you out of the paralyzing mindset. And if you're experiencing these loops and you're suffering, you have a responsibility to take steps toward change and resolution. You should also practice compassion and love for yourself because it's not about who you are as a person. And it just is. And like all things in life, you are changing currently right now, and you will forever change. You will forever grow. So just focus on actions. Focus on any positive actions. When you're stuck in a state of pain and wallowing, you are, you're looking at your hands again. You're looking at, like, you know, my hands, my, like the blood all over your hands. That's a terrible visual. But, like, that's not what you want to do. You want to go and, like, wash off your hands. So accept where you are is just what it is, and that allows you to move forward and take action. Tool number three, that pegs, <laughs> take two on that tool, that pegs round, not square. So if things don't make sense or fit, like these patterns, that's a sign. So if things are misaligned and you are not making sense to yourself or you're confused by your own behavior, that's because you are not aligning with yourself. Quite simply, if something hurts you about yourself and it doesn't feel good, doesn't feel right, that's because it's not what you want. That's a sign that it does not align with your true self. It's, it's contradicting your values as a person. That is the you. The you is the person that feels bad and hurt by this thing. You are not the behavior. You are suffering at the hands of the behavior. And that is a key piece of information because it's pointing to something subconscious that needs attention. It's not about what it's about. So if you find yourself confused, it's because you are being operated by something unseen by you. And it's not because you're weak or stupid. It's tied to something different. And so this is like my little light bulb. It's a little light bulb tool. And I want it to hopefully lead you to more understanding. But in general, if something you do hurts you or makes you feel bad, that's because it's not aligning with your truth, who you really are. Listen to that. Focus on, I don't feel good because of this thing. That is me. The behavior is not. Tool number four, uh, take a snapshot. 
So just take a like a little mental snapshot. Like you have an invisible camera. So this is a tool for somebody that is stuck in a shitty relationship. And I want you to basically, in the moments of lucidity, record in your journal your wisest self's message in a bottle, like to you. Um, so if you've been in and out of this relationship or there are moment, you know, there'll be momentary windows when you can see your life for what it is and that it really is not what you want for yourself and that you're completely lucid and connected to, holy shit, I got to get out of this thing and this is terrible and this is not what I want. So this is when you have to do the most work possible um, when you're outside of the blinding spell. So when that spell is broken, go all in uh, and in as many ways as possible Try and help yourself. It's like leaving those breadcrumbs. Write letters to yourself. Uh, write emails to yourself. Write um, like wish lists to yourself. Ritualize them to yourself. Like literally, what I would use, what I used to do, would be like write a letter um, to the universe about what I wanted, and then do a candle ritual where you like literally fold it ceremoniously, light a candle, burn that thing. And then, like, concentrate wholly on that thought and wishing that to be true and wanting that to be true and meaning it. The more you can do to externalize and formalize um, and, and imbue meaning into the things you really, truly want yourself to do, the more you will push yourself toward it. Because even if you don't have the strength in today, all of those little notes to yourself just in this very subtle way, reaffirm to you the truth of what you want. And it's just like these tiny little rope tethers that get shot out into the external world that slowly start to pull you forward. So if you can, throw out even more helplines, you know? Like that's why I said the thing about the therapist. That can be somebody that grounds you to this outside source. Um, and also telling friends, including, you know, Actions that create more distance, like change your phone number. If it's a shitty relationship, change your phone number. Move cities. Like if it's a serious, serious enough situation, that can actually really help. Um, so you know what you want for yourself. And the more you can declare that to yourself, you just make it real. You make it more true. And the more you reaffirm that truth, the more you will you obey it or honor it just a tiny bit more at a time. You can think of these things as, you know, especially with the relationships that keep us disempowered. It's just like you're escaping a prison. In the window of time that you are free, you've got to run as fast and as far away as you possibly can. And don't look back. Just keep running as far as you can in the right direction and creating as much mental separation as you possibly can. So use that window. Take a snapshot of you when you're outside of the loop. Number four. Number five. Uh, beware the elevator button. So I want you to imagine yourself and um, this situation, whatever it is. If it's a relationship or a terrible pattern you keep reenacting, both you and the other situation are in two different elevators, and you want to stay on the ground level. Because that's when you can look at everything, you can analyze everything, you can see everything for what it is, and you can get out of this building. What we tend to do in 
our pain and the resulting pain from the situation is we'll either press the elevator button that takes us a level higher or a level lower. And from those two levels, we're not able to actually get out of the building. So this is for judgment. Stay out of the place of pointing at what's wrong. That's when you remove your ability to take action. Your goal is to stay on the ground floor. Stay even. It just is. Keep it objective. It's not that you're a victim. It's not that the other person is super evil. It's not that the situation is so shitty. It's just, it is what it is. And you ultimately get to decide what you're going to do about this, what you're going to accept and not accept. And you can only actually access the understanding about, uh, or, you know, what actions you can take when you are in a place of non-judgment, when you're actually on the ground floor. That's the only place you can actually see the exit from. So stay on the ground. Don't move yourself higher and lower. Don't move the other person higher and lo- or lower. And just take note of when you are judging. Like, just begin to recognize it in yourself when you're starting to push that button, when you're starting to say, like, I'm just a loser, or I can't believe they did that to me. Like, that's when you're pressing the button to go above or below. Just start to notice, I'm going into the judgment state. That's when I can't do anything. Um, So I hope that made sense. Those are my tools. I thought I had nine, and I had five. Um, Well, in closing... I want to say thank you to my latest sponsors. Uh, Olivia, you're the best and the sweetest. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, to anybody that's listening that is suffering in a loop of bad decision-making, don't get down on yourself. Just get clarity. Because there is a super logical reason that this is happening. And that's the premise of my entire podcast. That's the premise of everything I do. There is a why, and I want you to find it. And it's actually pretty fun to learn about yourself and grow into the self you want to be. It's like this all-you-can-eat buffet because you, once you start to learn about yourself, you get to wander around and grow into the self you want to be. It's like the beginning of such a beautiful, lifelong uh, process. You'll start to say like, wow, I grew out of that thing. Like, what else do I want? Do I want this? Do I want to be this way? Maybe I want to be this kind of person. And the change gets easier as you go. And that's what's awesome. So just focus on accepting where you are, confronting that place, and being compassionate about whatever led you here. And where you are is a great thing. And it doesn't mean you are to blame or you're at fault. It just is. It's just where you are today. So this is about relieving yourself of all the unseen stuff that you don't want that's working against you and giving your gifts to somebody who deserves them or living in alignment with yourself and who you are meant to be. And... What happens when you do that is you begin to grow an innate trust and love for yourself. And that feels awesome. That just like it catalyzes all these other changes in your life that you would never expect or even know existed 
just that simple shift. It just alter. It, it's like a chain reaction that alters everything for the better. And then when you also are able to choose somebody that is capable of loving you back in a healthy way, it's actually healing. It's something that can alter the scars you have from long ago. That's what love can do. So if you are in a, ha- in a loop of choosing bad relationships, know that if you do choose the right relationship, that witnessing that love and witnessing somebody that you can trust undoes a lot of the hurt and the damage and the fear and the other stuff you, you've experienced and that you think is just a part of who you are. Love can heal. Good relationships heal. So don't stop until you get a good relationship. You will teach each other just via that mutually supportive bond that the opposite of what you're used to is true, that love does exist, that good people are out there, that not everything is going to fall apart, that everything will be okay. And that is when you get stronger and more confident and you move on from this stuff. You move on to bigger and better and higher and you fulfill bigger dreams. You stop wasting so much time and energy. That is when you grow into the self-assured, confident, thriving person that you are meant to be, who can receive gifts and love equally and not feel weakened or powerless ever. And they won't feel bound to another person. They'll feel like they can trust the other person and that people in the world are good and that love is something they'll never run out of and they'll always be okay because they have themselves. You don't have to suffer and it won't be as hard as you think it is to undo what hurts you. And uh, I want that for you. So if you're in a shitty relationship, there is a person who wants you to feel good and will think about your needs and care about you as much as you care about them. And they're out there waiting for you. Um, so all it takes is that one. I am living proof. That's who my husband is. So have hope. And have hope that if you invest the time in understanding yourself and making sense of this loop, you will be able to find all that makes you happy. Just start by investing in clarity and embracing all that you are, because there's nothing wrong with that. It is exactly who you should be based on all you've lived. And if you know somebody who would benefit from this, please share it. And if you have time, please, please leave a review on iTunes. I would very much appreciate it. And don't forget to smile. Smile.